Hello, friends. Since there's probably only one of you listening, friend, um, welcome to my TED Talk. I instantly regretted saying that, um, but it, it, yeah, it's whatever. It's fine, haha, it's fine, because that's the title of this podcast. So welcome to the first ever episode of It's Fine, um, I'll, okay, so I named it this because apparently I say it's fine a lot, so it's like my catchphrase, and I say it in very inappropriate instances where, like, it's, the the thing I'm saying is fine is, like, totally not fine at all. So, that's where we're at, and that's the title of this podcast, It's Fine, a podcast where I talk about things that totally aren't fine. With me, your host, Caitlin. (laughs) Okay, so now that that fun bit is done... (laughs) Um, my name is Caitlin. In case you didn't know that, you probably knew that because it's probably only like my sister listening. Hi, Kirsten. Um, I wanted to do a podcast for like a while. Um, and like I did start one, got like five episodes in, and then I started running out of things to talk about, which stressed me out. So I was like, ah! I had like a full on meltdown and just deleted the whole thing. So we're back. We're here. This is podcast 2.0. Um, and I'm not going to do that this time because even though I am nervous as heck about this, I'm going to try not to swear and make my, make my mama proud. Okay. Hi mom. (laughs) So yeah, I'm super nervous about this because you know, there's going to be, like, two listeners, but it's fine. Thank you for those two listeners that are here. Hey! Um, (laughs) but yeah, so I'm nervous about this, but I'm not going to do what I did last time and shut down. I came up with, like, a super more, super more, (laughs) a way more general topic, um, so that I can actually have lots of things to talk about, and it's easy for you guys to make any suggestions um, of things that you want me to talk about or cover or just know more about. Um, so basically, what I'm going to talk about is things that are totally not fine, but I'm going to say that they're fine. But they're not fine. Um, so they're like kind of like messed up things. So like murder to psychological things to ghost stories to supernatural things to just like really weird things that happen in the world so super general lots of things to talk about i'm pretty excited about this um and i think it i think it's fun i think it's fun even though it's kind of weird that i'm sitting in my room talking to myself so it's easier when i pretend that there is actually someone listening so if you are listening hello i've said that like four times wow we're not off to a good start. So clearly you can't stick around for content. Um, I was going to say you could stick around for my sense of humor, but unless you like really like crappy jokes, I don't think you're going to want to stick around for that 
either. So essentially there's nothing for you to stick around for. Um, except that I'm a gem. (laughs) If you know me, you know that I am not full of myself. And if you don't know me, well, now you probably think I am. So good. That's what I'm putting out into the world. Okay. What you put out is what you get back. So maybe if I put it out there that I'm like the best, I'll believe it. Huh? Reverse psychology. Is that reverse psychology? I don't know. Okay. The other problem with this is that, like, I'm just kind of talking what comes up into my head. So everyone is going to know how my brain functions. And it's a weird place up there. I'm just letting you know. Like, this is the conversation that I kind of have with myself in my head at all times. So. And I also just, like, second guess myself on everything. So you'll probably get a lot of that where I'm like, I say something and then I'm like, wait, is that actually what it is? Um, I also will stumble over my words a whole lot and I'm not even drinking. So that's me. Fun. Like, I just want to like, on all my social media, I have like a disclaimer that I'm just like perpetually awkward because that's me. It will never stop. That's just who I am, and I have to embrace it because there's no other choice. Um, so I wanted to start off with like a little bit about me, I guess, but like I don't know what to say. Like I'm 22. I am in school. I have one more year left. I'm so excited. I can't wait to graduate. Oh. Um, Because I took my honors so that I could make more money when I'm out of school. But I could have been graduated this year. So was it worth it? I don't know. We'll see when I start making money. And then I'll I'll, I'll let you know. Um, So yeah. So I am in school. Um, I work with kids all day. So I might have some interesting stories for you about that. Because, you know... They say some weird things, but they are entertaining. I really like true crime, so I'll probably cover a lot of true crime stuff. Um, I like watch a lot of true crime documentaries and read books and the whole that whole jazz. Um, I am a psychology major, so I've learned a little bit about that sort of thing. And the reason why it's so embarrassing that I, like, stumble over my words is because I'm also an English major, so can't speak proper English, but somehow I got a degree. Thanks, school. I was gonna, like, I almost said, like, the name of my school, but I just edited that out because, like, I don't want people... What if I become, like, super famous? Okay, this is, like, some huge what-ifs. What if, like, people actually start listening and then they want to find me? I don't want them to come find me at school. That's weird. That's not going to happen. So, again, irrational fears. But it's fine. It's whatever. It's, it's cool. I don't know. What else is there to say about me? I'm not super interesting. I'm also, like, not very funny, as I said before. But if you happen to, like, laugh at all at anything that I say, you should let me know because we should be best friends because those are the kind of people that I need 
in my life. Um, I'm a pretty artsy person, I guess. Like, I'm not good at it, but I like painting, drawing, that whole jazz. So yeah, I'm just like really into all the true crime stuff. I'm also into like supernatural stuff, even though everyone, every time I say that, they're like, mm, it's not real. It's not real. So clearly I'm not talking to the right kind of people. Okay? Leave me alone. Let me believe in my ghost. Let me live. Okay? This conversation with myself is slowly getting progressively weirder. And I kind of wish there was just like someone sitting with me to be like, to just like smile and nod. Even if they didn't want to say anything. So that's the other thing. If you ever wanted to be on a podcast, hit me up. Hit me up. Also hit me up with suggestions because I'm really bad at coming up with things. This week's topic I actually came up with. So I was listening to my favorite podcast, which is, um, and that's why we drink with Em and Christine. They are awesome. You should totally check them out if you haven't yet. They're on Spotify and iTunes and all that. So um, you can also just like Google them and they'll come up. So they're really awesome. Um, Way funnier than I will ever be. (laughs) Like sometimes I'll be on the bus like listening to them and I'll just start laughing and then I'll realize, oh, there's people around me and I look crazy. Um, (laughs) like the other day I was sitting on the bus and I was going to work and I was in my uniform because I had to change, because I was going from job number one to job number two. And so I had to change at job number one because I was going to be late to job number two because I had to bus. So I changed and was wearing my uniform, even though I'm not really supposed to wear my uniform, but like not while I'm working. But uh, anyways, (laughs) that's besides the point. I am incriminating myself right now hi (laughs) um but anyways yeah so I was sitting on the bus and I was listening to this podcast and I don't even know what they said but I thought it was hilarious and I started like actually laughing like out loud it wasn't like a silent laugh like I started like smiling to myself no no it was like disgusting laugh out loud like almost spit the water I was drinking out and I didn't realize, but, like, someone I knew had gotten on the bus, and, like, I went to high school with them, but I haven't seen them in a long time, so they had gotten on the bus, and I thought I was the only one on the bus, and it was just, like, me and the bus driver, but I turn around, and she's just, like, staring at me, and, like, what is happening? And I just, like, did one of those awkward, like, Oh, smile and like a little hand up wave and then like immediately ducked my head down and turned off the podcast so that it wouldn't happen again. So yet another example of my awkwardness. Um, but yeah, so that happened while I was listening to the podcast and one of the, so I'm like super behind, so I'm catching up and I'm just catching up on like the ones that they did at like Christmas time. Um, but anyways, one of the ones that I listened to was talking about the silent twins. Um, so if you don't know anything about the silent twins, they were basically twins that couldn't communicate with anyone but each other. And when anyone tried to communicate with them, they went into like this catatonic state and just like, completely shut down, wouldn't move, or acknowledge that the person was talking to them, which is 
kind of terrifying. You're just, like, talking to someone, and all of a sudden they just, like, stop, and they, their face just goes blank. I'd be like, um, are you okay? Is that, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna go. Bye. Have, have fun with that one. That's the Silent Twins, and then, like, one of them died, and then as soon as the one died, the other one was, like, fine and could communicate normally, and was, like, like, could speak English, so that's messed up. But essentially, they can, they, like, attributed that case to Folia de. so I became, like, really interested in Folia de this week and started reading about it, and I was, like, I had been planning, like, to start this podcast, and then I was, like, you know what, I'm gonna start the first episode about Folia de because why not? And also, like, that's the title of one of my favorite Fall Out Boy albums, so... <laughs> I'm exposing myself as a Fallout Boy fan. Wow, that's where we're at. Um, I promise you, I do actually have like a decent taste in music, but I also have that really like I went through the phase in grade six music podcast, and it's actually okay. So there's a there's a there's a song, in case you don't know Fall Out Boy's discography, like I do, there's a song called I Slept With a Member of Fall Out Boy and All I Got Was This Song, and so I named my playlist on Spotify I Slept With a Member of Fall Out Boy and All I Got Was This Stupid Playlist. Ah! I thought it was clever, and then I told my sister, and she just kind of looked at me like, that's not okay. Like, good good for you. Like, she gave me a little thumbs up. I was like, wow, you're so encouraging. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah. Wow, I'm very off topic. Actually, no, because I was talking about Folia De, and that led to Fall Out Boy. Also, side note, Panic at the Disco's new album came out this week, and I'm really excited about it. Even though, like, I wanted to go to their concert, but no one will go with me because it's Panic at the Disco. (laughs) They're good Okay. Also, the thing that makes me mad is, like, this this album is very, like, pop. So it's not Panic! at the Disco anymore, you know? They're, like, they're, like, that emo band that you liked in grade six, and now they're not. Now it's Brendan Urie, because everyone else in the band left. So, it's just him, but he's still going as a group, and it's kind of sad. I'm saying it's sad as the girl that's sitting alone in a room talking to herself right now with my phone shoved up to my face, so sorry, Brendan. I take it all back. But anyways, yeah, it came out. It's pretty good. I mean, it's not... I feel like I'm listening to it more for a nostalgic purpose because it's not really my my genre, I guess. Yep. Yeah. But, like, it's good. It's good. Um, I'm not meaning to, like, wow, I just, like, advertise two different things. Why am I not being paid? Because there's no one listening. That's why. Eh, I'm not being paid because I'm advertising things to myself. Cool, cool, cool. Wow, that was like a Brooklyn Nine-Nine reference without even trying. Look at, look at me go. Pop culture, I know it that's a joke I'm like I work with kids and they'll like bring things up and I'm like I just feel old because I'm like what what are these things and like that's what my mom was like when I was a kid and I was like bringing things up and she was like what what is this or like now like (laughs) 
So I'm from Brampton and my sister was like talking in Brampton slang because she thought it was funny and my mom started doing it back but she was using it in incorrect contexts and like my brother was so offended and um my sister just thought it was hilarious and was like filming her and because that's what we do we just we're a family that makes fun of each other but a family that makes fun of each other is a family that sticks together probably that's probably not true <laughs> we're kind of aggressive in making fun of each other sometimes but that's fine um what was i saying yeah so i just feel old like the other day like the kids in my class were trying to teach me how to floss I could not do it for the life of me. I was like, I don't even know what body movements you're making right now, but I don't think my body moves in that way. I'm also just not a dancer. There is not a little bit of rhythm in my entire body. So there's also that. Um, okay, now we're very off topic. So I'm going to jump right in to uh, talking about folie de. So you know, I'll probably get off topic again. It happens. So, um, Folie de is also known as a shared psychosis. Um, psycho psychosis? Psychosis. I don't know. Psychosis. Right? Psychosis would be... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> um, so, this is actually like a rare psychiatric uh, syndrome. And um, so it doesn't show up often because... And, I think it doesn't show up often because it's kind of hard to diagnose because how do you distinguish what's schizophrenia, what's just like a delusional like break, and what is folia de? Like how do you, okay, maybe if I explain it more you'll also be questioning like how is this actually diagnosed. So the symptoms of this is that there's this delusional belief or hallucination that it exists in one person and then it's transmitted to another person. So it's like shared. Um, so it can be more than two people. So folia de is when it occurs between two people, but then there's folia trois, folia quatre, and folie en famille. Um, so folie en famille is like family madness, and then there's also like the madness of several. Um, the under like recent psychiatric classifications, um, it refers to folia de as a shared psychotic disorder and that was in the dsm-4 revised version so the dsm is the diagnostic statistics manual for like all um all psychotic or psychiatric conditions disorders syndromes the whole jazz everything that you could possibly be diagnosed with is in there i've had to look through this thing it is it's like bigger than the bible and it's very like the terminology in it is so technical i was like flipping through it for a project i had to like write a paper i had to look through it to find this disorder so that i could get like the official diagnostic like scheme thing i didn't under like literally i'm reading this and like i was i read it to myself four times and i was like i maybe understood four words in that whole thing what is happening so good times good times celebrate good times it was in the dsm-4 it's not in the dsm-5 which is the most recent version this thing gets revised all the time so like there's the dsm-1 there's the dsm-1 revised and there's so there's been a lot of them there's been a lot um and then 
in the ICD, which is, like, the disease manual, like, any illness internationally is put into here, um, it's recognized as induced delusional disorder. But I couldn't find if it's in the most recent version of that or not. So it's not in the most recent version of the DSM-5. And the reason for that is because, so anything that's, like, hallucinations and delusions, um, they took schizophrenia and instead of breaking it down into like paranoid schizophrenia um like the different branches of schizophrenia catatonic that whole jazz paranoid is the one that came into my head first um that's why i said that they turned it into like a spectrum which is what they're doing with a lot of um different psychiatric conditions um instead of having like a bunch of different names they're just having it on a spectrum which is what they did with schizophrenia so now anything that can be considered like a delusion is just slotted into the spectrum which i mean makes sense because like a lot of the times when you have a psychiatric condition especially with like schizophrenia they were finding that they kind of fit the category on like two or more of the different types so it was hard to be like okay you're a parent you have paranoid schizophrenia um when you know they could have had they they fit the slot for multiple other types as well so putting it on the spectrum eliminates that confusion and diagnosis and kind of gives more of a uh, more stability across the board so that if you go to one psychiatrist, you're not going to get a different diagnosis from another. You just might be placed higher on the spectrum by one or the other, but you're still on the spectrum, which I, I'm pretty sure if I remember correctly, that's the reason that they did all that. So anyways, um, the, the delusions that are experienced can be seen in one of two ways. So delusions are beliefs that exist outside of what is considered normal. Um, so they might be like grandiose, delusions which is when the person thinks that they're like the best ever um and they think that they have like these superhuman powers and that they were sent by god to do these things and um and a lot of the times like grandiose is also seen mixed with paranoid um so with paranoid you believe that you know like the government's tracking you or doomsday um so that sort of thing um, is considered like a paranoid delusion. Although I've read some theories on like paranoid delusions saying that like, oh, well, maybe they're actually right. And then those just mess me, mess me up because I'm like, what, what? But anyways, I don't know. <laughs> I'm very gullible. So you tell me things and I'm like, oh, like I was having this conversation the other day with someone and they were like, um, when you're walking around the mall and those people are like putting things in your face and they're like you should buy this product blah 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 if i stop like they were saying and like i totally agree if they stop and talk to me and like they're gonna convince me that i need this product and i'm gonna be like yes i need this 50 dollars face cream that will sit on my shelf and i will never use because you just told me how fantastic it is but i will literally never open it and then i'll go in the store and buy this hand this cream that I don't need that's ridiculously overpriced it's a true story that's definitely happened to me before like mar like the you know like the commercials that like try and sell you things like the slap chop ugh gets me every time I'm like 
oh, mom, we should buy this. And she's like, Kaylin, that's a ripoff. You, you're not buying that. And I'm like, but mom, if you buy now, you get three for the price of one. And she, she just like rolls her eyes at me. I, I feel like a lot of people do that with me. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. So paranoid is like, you just, so they can kind of be mixed together where it's like you believe in doomsday and then like you believe that God sent you to stop doomsday. So that would be the aspect of the grandiose type thing. The like whole condition was coined in the 19th century. Um, I think I read somewhere that there was a case believed in the 16th century as well. So this has been something that has kind of been seen throughout history for a long time. The individuals that are affected typically live in like close proximity or isolation and there's like a dependent relationship. So it typically happens in like families with a parent and a child or like a boyfriend-girlfriend situation or a girlfriend-girlfriend, boyfriend-boyfriend, like an intimate relationship. It could be like best friends or like we saw with the silent twins, uh, just like really close siblings, which kind of freaks me out. I don't like that. What was that? What did I just do with my voice? Where was I? Oh yeah. So yeah, there's like this dependent relationship and that, and like one person is kind of the dominant and the other person is more like susceptible to adopting their delusions basically so there's multiple types of folia de but the most common is fully impose um which is when a dominant person imposes delusions on another like weaker person so the second person is it's believed that they wouldn't otherwise be deluded if they hadn't come into contact with the first person which messes me up because I'm like I'm so like I was just saying like I'm so susceptible to people's like trying to sell me things and like I believe like when you first tell me something I will believe it and then until like I actually think about it and then I'll be like wait a second I see what you're doing that kind of freaks me out because I'm like wow, I could be this person, the second person that is caught up in someone else's delusion because I'm also like really connected to other people's emotions. If one of my friends is like explaining something um, that they're going through, like I will feel like secondhand what they're feeling, which I feel like is not normal. Maybe I'm just nuts. I don't know. Um, But like even like if I see someone crying, I will start crying. Like, I won't be sad, but I'll just start crying. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm just like, is it possible to be too empathetic? Because I think that's me. I think I'm too empathetic. (laughs) But yeah, so that freaks me out. And then there's another one where it's like fully simultaneous, which is two people that are, wow, I butchered that word, um, which is two people that are deluded like on their own, but then they start to influence each other's delusions so that they have the same delusions. So it's like... If Mary, poor Mary, if Mary was having a delusion that wolves are going to come and steal her baby, a dingo ate my baby. Um, (laughs) And then Jonathan is having delusions that a frog rules the world. What are these examples? Then, and then they like, start to talk and then all of a sudden they're having 
they're both having a delusion that a frog is going to come and steal their baby, then that would be fully simultaneous. But it probably is not like that. It's probably a lot more sinister than the example that I just gave you. (laughs) A frog and a wolf. Interesting. Interesting choice, Caitlin. People that are more likely to fall into folia de, they're typically female, although the example I have involves males. Um, they might have some sort of um, disability that makes them more dependent on the other person. Um, suggestibility is a big thing. Oops, so far fitting two of the criteria. Um, passivity, oh, there's another one. Uh, suspiciousness, oops. And uh, they might have just recently gone through a crisis or, or I don't know, anything, anything like that that causes a person to be more likely to fall into um, dependence on someone else. So the example that I have features Leopold and Loeb. So those are their last names. This is kind of a messed up story. So... It gets a little graphic. I'll give a warning when it gets a little graphic, okay? Um, so these were two wealthy teen boys. And they oh, they bludgeoned an innocent teenager to death in a car. Just a little background on the two. So Nathan Leopold, he was brought up in a, in a like privileged home in Illinois. He was very, very smart to the point that he was so socially isolated because he was so smart he was lonely and withdrawn as a child so he didn't have many friends um, which forced him to focus more on his schoolwork and because of this he gained this sense of superiority um, over everyone else so there's that flipping page of my notes i actually took notes so that i wouldn't be too off topic but i haven't really done a very good job of staying on topic, so these notes have not been productive. Anyways, Loeb, he also grew up in a wealthy home. However, his father hired a governess to raise him, and the governess was very demanding and not a very nice lady and didn't really let him have much of a childhood. He was also very smart. Uh, He, at 17 was the first person to be graduated and completing a university program. Um, He met Leopold at the University of Chicago, where they were both studying law and history. As soon as they met, they were inseparable. They were always seen together. And essentially, I wrote Leopold was Loeb's biatch. Um, I'm going to try and say that in a nicer way. (laughs) So, Leopold was Loeb's slave. There we go. Um, Loeb was very arrogant. He was very full of himself. He thought he was the best, so he also had those feelings of superiority. And when he... And he was very popular, so he wasn't like Loeb in that he didn't have any friends. Or not Loeb. Leopold, where he didn't have any friends. Um, And when he started paying attention to Leopold, Leopold just wanted to do anything to make him happy, to stay with him, and to be his best friend forever. Which is kind of sad, and I kind of feel bad for him. Because this just turns into a big mess for him. 
Um, so he was basically, like, he was doing his dirty work for him. He was, he was just following him around like a little lost puppy. Um, and then sometime in the 1920s, they began a sexual relationship, um, but they didn't want the world to know because it was the 1920s, so being gay was obviously not as acceptable as it is now, even though, like, there's still a lot of problems, um, also, this is coming out on Pride Weekend, so happy Pride to any of my listeners that, any of my listeners, I'm talking like there's multiple listeners, um, but to anyone that's celebrating, happy Pride. So, it just, it wasn't acceptable in the 1920s, so that was a problem. Uh, so they hit it by seeing, still dating other women. Loeb was quite the ladies' man, probably due to the fact that he he was a 1920s f-boy basically he was very full of himself but he was also like super manipulative so i don't get to that in a second so Loeb was apparently impotent and indifferent to sex um but leopold was into it so there's um so that kind of caused like a little tension between them um Leopold was essentially obsessed with Loeb. Like, think of a 15-year-old fangirl that just, like, plasters posters of her favorite band all around her wall and probably, like, calls herself Mrs. Ramsey. Not drawing from personal experience, but I am drawing from personal experience when I was obsessed with Marianas Trench and convinced I was going to marry Josh Ramsey, but that's another embarrassing story for another time because I've already exposed myself entirely too much. Um, (laughs) But yeah, just think of that, except to a whole other degree where he's like legitimately following him around. At least I didn't like go to Vancouver and follow Josh Ramsey around. That would have been weird and I would have hated myself even more. So I'm glad I didn't go that far. I'm glad I had some standards at the prime age of 15 because really that was everyone's prime. Let's to be honest. (laughs) So Lowe showed a lot of tendencies of a psychopathic personality Um, He was very manipulative, like, he had Leopold literally do whatever he wanted. He was manipulative to girls, he was manipulative to his teachers, his parents, the whole jazz. He was very violent, so he was known to have, like, a very short temper. He was, like, a thief, like, he was stealing things from stores, and it started off small with, like, little things and then gradually got bigger, which tends to be the pattern. Um, He started his criminal career very young, which also tends to be the pattern with psychopaths. He was remorseless, so he didn't feel bad for any of the things that he ever did. And um, before he met Leopold, he was actually really suicidal. And then when he found Leopold, it was almost like he found his partner in crime and, like, like his purpose, you know? Um, so Loeb eventually convinced Leopold to help his criminal career. Um, so it started with, like, breaking and entering and then turned to arson and vandalism and just a whole lot of bad things and because of this tension started to run high because Leopold wasn't as into this so he started making bargains saying that you know if I commit this crime then you'll have sex with me basically which is like ew what that's so gross there's so many there's just so many things wrong with it like Loeb is not into this but he's into the crime so they're almost like just manipulating each other back and forth which is messed up. One night, 
a student, Hamlin Buckman, caught them together in bed. He didn't see them, like, doing anything, but he saw them together in bed, and they weren't really wearing clothes, so that was, like, a big no-no, and they wanted to, um, like, silence him, because, like, rumors started spreading then that they were gay, and they didn't want that getting out, so they wanted to silence him. So they started to come up with this whole plot to murder Hamlin. So basically, Hamlin. Like, what a name. Hi, I'm Hamlin. Okay, you can't see this, but I just, like, did this really obnoxious gesture with my hand to, like, shake someone's hand where I, like, flung it in a circle and then was like, hello. Um, (laughs) I just, I don't know, that name sounds very, like, uppity. Okay, anyways, so there was this whole murder plot to silence him. They were going to take him out on a boat, um, capsize the boat, and then he would drown and die, and they would be fine. It failed hard because Hamlin was a really good swimmer, so he was able to swim back to shore, and he was fine. Low, So they decided to leave him alone because they didn't want it to look too suspicious, especially when he went back and said, like, what had happened, and he didn't want people to think, they didn't want people to think that they were actually going to murder him. Um, so Loeb was really pissed that this plan failed, as you can imagine a psychopath would be. And he held it over Leopold and basically said that it was his fault, So, again, that super abusive, manipulative relationship where literally it wasn't his fault at all. Like, he didn't know that Hamlin could swim, and Loeb didn't know that Hamlin could swim, so it was literally not Leopold's fault, but, you know, he was just, he was just all kinds of a dick. Um, so, then, um, Leopold wanted to kind of, you know... He wanted to make things better between the pair, so he planned a new murder to hopefully fix their relationship, which in itself is super messed up. This is like a whole new level to the, like, let's have a baby, that'll save our marriage thing. Like, let's murder someone, that'll save our relationship. No, maybe not, Um, but anyways... They thought that being bound by this murder would strengthen their relationship. Um, so they came up with this whole plot where there would be like a ransom letter and a ransom call and the, then they'd kill this person. They didn't have any specific victim, um, but they had this belief that it would just bind them together in this whole new way, which is so messed up. So they eventually rented a green car under the name Morton D. Ballard, um, which was obviously made up. And they even went so far as to set up like a fake address for this person so that if the police started sending any mail to like inquire about this person, they would know and they would know if they were potentially going to be caught and they could make a run for it. So they didn't have any specific victims, but one day when they finally decided to put this plot into motion, they found 14-year-old Bobby Franks walking home from school. Loeb actually knew the family, like the Franks, which is like you came up with this whole plot to avoid getting caught and then you pick someone you know. Like, there's just, I have so many questions. Like, what? Anyways, I feel like that should not be my question. My question should be, why did you want to murder this 14-year-old boy? Um, So they got Bobby into the car. So they kind of like pulled up beside him and they were like, oh, we'll drive you home. And Bobby 
classic Bobby. What an idiot. Does he not watch any true crime? Okay, it was the 1920s. He didn't watch true crime. But anyways, my alarm bells would have been going off because thank you, Criminal Minds. I would have been like, no, no, no. Strange van pulls up beside me, even if I know the people. I'm not getting in there. But Bobby did because Bobby is Bobby. And he thought this was a fantastic idea. He was wrong. Um, So he gets in the car. They drove to Ellis Avenue, where they beat Bobby over the head with the blunt end of a chisel. Okay, this is where... Oops, I should have given you the disclaimer before, but this is where it gets graphic. So, avert your ears if you don't want to hear this. Can you say avert your ears? Because I know you can say avert your eyes, but I guess it really doesn't matter. Anyways, take out your headphones for the next minute if you don't want to hear this. So they found 14-year-old Bobby. They drove to Ellis Avenue, um, and then they beat him over the head with the blunt end of a chisel. They beat him so bad that he was barely recognizable, um, but then they had to add a whole other level afterwards to make him unrecognizable. Um, And they kind of panicked when he was still moving around after they had beat him. So they shoved a cloth into his mouth and let him lay in the back seat of the car for like a few hours until he eventually suffocated to death in the back of the car, which is so sad. Um, so the ultimate cause of death was suffocation and he was struggling for like a while, which just breaks my heart because it's like, it's not even like they could make it quick for him you know which i i feel like it shouldn't make it all new levels of messed up but it does for some reason like letting someone suffer for that long just makes me i don't know i think that makes it worse so that's what happened um then to dispose of the body the uh two boys they drove a little further um they stripped the boy of his clothes and um, kind of tossed them to the side. Then they doused the body in hydrochloric acid to hinder any identification, which is, oh my god, Ugh. there's just, Ugh. there's so much going on. But anyways, um, so they were, you know, they kept trying to be like really careful so that they didn't get caught. Like they set up this fake address and then they tried to like hide his identification. But then they also, like, messed up. Like, they picked someone they knew. And then also, like, when Leopold went to pick up the clothes that they had tossed to the side, he dropped his glasses and didn't notice. Um, So they went back. um, And when they got back to their house, Leopold called Mrs. Franks to set up the ransom. But Mrs. Franks didn't listen to the ransom, so it that part of the plan quickly was dropped because they didn't want to be discovered. So Mrs. Franks ended up calling the police. Um, the police eventually found the body and they found the glasses at the crime scene. Um, they were pretty like normal glasses. Like they weren't anything out of the ordinary, but essentially what they did is they found the frames and they found that only three people had bought them in Illinois in the past like year. And one of them was Leopold. 
So they were able to tie them to Leopold, and they called the two boys in. They each sort of implicated each other in the crime. Neither of them wanted to take ownership. They admitted to setting up the murder, so they both confessed to planning, but not the actual murder, because they didn't want to shame their families or whatever. So this is, like, this is where it gets weird. So the in court the pair walked in smiling and laughing so they did not show literally any remorse they're sitting there like a bunch of schoolgirls in this courtroom like laughing about like they were basically acting like they were on like a field trip like you're on trial for murder and they're sitting there laughing and so obviously they were found guilty but Apparently, Leopold watched it enthusiastically. So, like, what I'm picturing when I read this, I'm picturing he's, like, sitting there, like, he's watching a movie. Like, this man's sitting there with his feet crossed up on the desk, and he's like, hmm, that's a really good point. And he's, like, got popcorn in his lap. Obviously, that's not what happened, but that's, like, what I'm picturing. Because, like, everything about this is so inappropriate. Like, you killed someone, and you're laughing in court for their murder. Like how egotistical and like how literal literal trash do you have to be to laugh well in court for murdering someone Ugh. okay so they were sentenced to life with 99 years for kidnapping um they couldn't actually get them for murder because neither of them would confess and there wasn't actual proof that they had murdered the boy there was just actual proof that they had planned the murder Oh, which makes me so mad. Like, obviously they did it. Anyways, Loeb apparently pissed the wrong person off in prison, and he was killed by another inmate. Oh, but before I tell you that, well, I just told you that. <laughs> so not before I told you that, but backtracking. Um, so Leopold was actually supposed to be transferred um, at one point in the prison, and they were still, like, really, really close and didn't want to be separated, and Loeb was supposed to stay, so what happened was they set up this whole scheme where Loeb broke his leg, um, and then they were like, oh, it's not safe for him to be alone, he has to come with me, the transfer never ended up happening, so they, the plan worked for them to avoid being split up, which is, like, why are you giving these animals literally anything they want, although, like, um, like, people say, like, this is a case of folia de because this was clearly, like, Leopold, or Loeb was the, like, mastermind behind all of this, and Leopold was kind of just dragged along for the ride, um, and that Leopold, like, Loeb was definitely his downfall, and he probably never would have been involved in any of this if it hadn't have been for him that he was like a straight-laced kid he had a good family there was no reason for him to go off the rails like this other than he was lonely and his only friend was a psychopath so that's fun psa don't make friends with a psychopath um but anyways leopold eventually got parole and he lived in puerto rico before he had a heart attack and died at the age of 56 um Another fun note, they went to jail when they were, like, 18 and 19. So they were, like, really young when this happened. And I think it said he only got parole when he was, like, 48 or something. So he didn't... I don't know. I think he should have been in there until he died, personally. And I do get it. Like, he was kind of the one that was dragged along for the ride. But he still participated. So, you know, I just... I don't know. It's a hard one to say because it's like, 
it's one of those things now, like, when people use the not guilty by reason of mental illness in court, it's like, you know, isn't there a limit? So it's really hard to tell, like, isn't, is there a limit to where someone's morality just can't be influenced anymore by delusions or hallucinations or whatever it may be? Isn't there a point to where morality will kick in and take over? But I, I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, how do you judge that from a case-to-case basis and have it be fair? You can't. So anyways, that is my first messed up story for you. Um, if you have any questions, comments, if you want to suggest something, um, just send me a message on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, whatever, whatever however you want to get in contact with me, um, go for it. And, um, so yeah, that's the story of Fulia and Leopold and Loeb, just a bunch of, just a bunch of fun. It's totally fine. It's fine. Ha ha. So yeah, that is episode one. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this and I hope that you continue to listen. Um, and Thank you so much if you did listen. Um, Any support is greatly appreciated and will make me feel a whole lot less... What? Does that make sense? A whole lot less nervous um, doing these going forward. So, thank you. And, oh, also, I'm going to try and upload these once a week, but it'll probably be more, like, bi-weekly. It'll be pretty random. I'll probably just upload on Sundays, and then we'll see where that goes from there. Um, so yeah, like I said, feel free to message me, um, and I will do my best to answer as quickly as possible. And thank you again. Have a wonderful rest of whenever you listen to this, whatever day it is. Have a wonderful day.